Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill, an NFL podcast and videocast. Each week, we take a look at what's going on in the NFL. And during the season, we analyze your fantasy picks. Now, this week, we're taking a look at the changing Chicago Bears. My esteemed colleague is former NFL quarterback Eric Kramer, who provides his valuable insights to the process. And of course, Eric was the Bears quarterback for several years and still holds many of the Bears passing records, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. What few there are, yeah. <laughs> Our guest today is Brad Biggs, who covers the Bears for the Chicago Tribune. Brad, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's... it's uh... Some of those Bears passing records uh, have, have been in place uh, a long time, an yeah. awful long time. Yeah. And, and Eric's, Eric, Eric's uh, the ones he doesn't hold. He's got uh, he's got good standing in a lot of those uh, a lot of those categories. Well, it was a couple of years ago when Trubisky got uh, was drafted, I, I asked him. I, I said, you know, so when he breaks your passing records, are you going to go back and um, be there for the game that he breaks him? <laughs> And I forget exactly what he said, but it was like, yeah, only if he buys me dinner and a ticket. So, <laughs> and of course, that never happened. So, you know. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, well, I just, you know, me personally, uh, I don't know about you, Brad, but I just think that what's going on now, it's, it's kind of quietly, to me anyway, it's kind of a quiet um, foundation building. Nothing exciting is, to me has happened so far in terms of any big splash moves, but I just, I like the foundation that the bears have decided to build here and giving uh, what seems to be Ryan Paul's some autonomy and, uh, and coach Eberflus has, you know, got a very good reputation in terms of being a defensive minded coach. And I just think what they've done in uh, so far kind of quietly, uh, uh, building for the future, dropping some heavy contracts uh, and drafting for the foundation of the team, not, not necessarily star power at this point. I think they've all been good moves. Yeah, it, it's a process, Eric. And I, and I think people who are looking for immediate returns and maybe uh, signs of progress in the uh, win-loss column are are probably looking at the wrong thing. I mean, it's going to take time when you have a new regime come in place and they're going to completely kind of rebuild the roster. I think you're talking about an 18 month process and and that's a clock that starts when the new regime comes on board. Right. But I think the, I think the roster when they kick off the 2023 season is going to look dramatically different than the one that this group inherited back in January. They've already made a slew of moves, right? And they were short on draft capital uh, when they got started. They did not have a first round draft pick. So I I think you've seen um, 
a, a change on defense, like you said, in terms of uh, dropping some some really big contracts with uh, some shifts made toward a new scheme, okay, going from a 34 to this sort of Tampa 2-based uh, defense, it's going to require different personnel at a number of positions. You've seen them uh, overhaul some some positions on the offense, and, and that's only going to continue. You know, people talk about, well, when's the roster going to be set? The idea that a roster set in the NFL is, is <laughs> you know, that, that's fantasy land. The, the, they are constantly evaluating, constantly looking for other pieces, parts that could come in, guys that could be camp bodies, guys that could uh, challenge for a spot on the back half of the roster, guys that they believe can be developed over uh, a period of time. So it, it, they've got some younger players now. They had one of the very oldest rosters in the league last year. It's going to be significantly younger uh, this season. And, and they brought in so many new guys. Not all these guys are going to hit, right? Half of them aren't going to hit. But, boy, if they can get some of these guys that are signed on one- and two-year deals to play well, you're going to look at them and you're going to say, hey, this could be a piece for the future. And when I say the future, you're talking 23, 24, maybe right. 25. And so it's just going to uh, to take some time. I think it's going to require uh, a bit of patience and and certainly uh, some luck. Uh, you know, you're going to need to stay healthy. Uh, you're going to need to see, uh, and this isn't luck, but you're going to need to see the quarterback make some advancements. A quarterback that they inherited that they uh, feel pretty good about right now, but a, but a guy that hasn't played for them in the new system that the coordinator. Uh, that's gotten high marks from people uh, that have worked with him before. Luke Getze uh, is is going to have his hands on. Well, you know, the, the Bears have always been known as a dominant defensive team, maybe not so much last year, but they went right into draft the first couple of picks uh, on defensive players. And from what I'm hearing you say, it seems to me that they are maybe, or are they starting with the defense and building that first because defense wins championships or whatever the scheme Um doing that first and then letting the offense um, come together on its own. Yeah. I mean, they had, they had needs across the board. They had some, some real needs in the secondary. They were very thin at corner last year and you've got a defensive minded head coach. So as much as you want to build around the quarterback, I think you've got to give the defensive head coach uh, some, some players, some foundational pieces that he can feel good about. So they, they go with a corner Kyler Gordon with their first pick in round two. And then they come back at, later in round two with Jaquan Brisker, uh, a safety out of Penn state who I, I think could be a, a good player. You know, the bears have had, I, I've been covering them for more than 20 years now. They've had an awful lot of success with, with young drafted safeties and Brisker's the highest uh, drafted safety they've had since Daniel Manning. You got to go all the way back to 2006 for that. Uh, and they were poor uh, as a pass defense last season, despite being in the top, I want to say three or five, certainly in the top five in sacks last year. You know, you look at that sack production and you're like, this is really good, uh, but it didn't necessarily translate into consistent uh, pass defense. So they upgrade themselves in the secondary with a couple of draft picks. I think they had hoped to do more on the offensive line. Ryan Poles talked about that, kind of getting that right when he was hired. Um, 
they did they threw volume at it though guys uh through or excuse me four day three draft picks on the offensive line so guys that were round five uh or later uh and you're you're kind of uh you're kind of getting lottery tickets that's sort of what i described uh late round picks on the offensive line as you're hoping as you scratch those suckers off you got one or two that you can take back to the convenience store and, and collect some cash right uh so if, if they can get a couple of the guys of those guys to pan out that would help them out again i think that's down the road although they've had one rookie uh, fifth round pick braxton jones left tackle out of southern utah so he's he's coming from a lower level uh, he spent about half of the offseason program with the first team at left tackle. Uh, as everyone knows out there, you really can't evaluate offensive line play until the pads go on. So that's going to be a storyline worth tracking uh, when training camp starts in late July. Yeah, I, I just, I, you know, Brad, just thinking, I remember back when the draft was about to happen and Bob and I were talking and I, and I was saying that just in terms of a mentality, you'd love to have a roster full of mentalities like David Montgomery. The guy, I don't care if they're 50 above or 50 behind. The guy runs with a reckless abandon that you'd love to everybody to play their position like that. And the more you can develop that or draft that or acquire that, I think that's, to me, that's the mentality of where this team is headed eventually. And, um, you know, we, there was a, I was part of another podcast a couple times last year based on the Bears, and they had access to the basically what, what amounts to coaches' video, right? And, and I was just seeing at many positions, offense and defense, like it, it, they were so poorly coached. It was almost like grade school level. And, and you have Roquan Smith running into the same gap that, the defensive tackle, you know, took the easy way into himself and just offensively and defensively. And I think just coaching wise, it's got to be better. Um, it, I mean, Cole Komet, he was, he did, he probably learned in college. Don't run down right down the middle of the field and cover two. You're, you're kind of running yourself into the backside safety. And, and uh, I, I don't know. I just, I think, from an organizational standpoint, I think Ryan Paul's to me is going to build himself some autonomy and it's no longer going to be the Ted Phillips slash next McCaskey in line uh, making the personnel moves. And I just think the coaching itself will be better. And I think, like you said, they've kind of gotten rid of some contracts, but the, the key people they, they still have are very good foundational, uh, fundamentally sound players. Right, and, and they're guys with a lot to prove, Eric. You, you talk about any any of these younger veterans, and you mentioned uh, Montgomery, who's going to be going into year four, and Komet going into year three. They've got a ton to prove, right? They've got a ton to prove to the, a brand-new coaching staff that they've got to work for or one of the other 31 teams, right? I mean, I, you know, so it's, it's a new opportunity for them, and so I think – uh, based on that, it, it's brought a higher level of energy to the building. And, and I think that's natural in, in most situations where you have a total regime change, right? They didn't keep a single position coach uh, from the previous staff. And, and there were some solid coaches on that staff. But 
everybody is new. So there, there's no, there's no comfort level with, well, I've worked with this position coach. It's a new scheme, but I know, you know, what he's looking for. I know what it's like when he's pushing uh, buttons to get me going and that type of thing. It, it's, it's all brand new. And so I, that is, uh, it's been described to me as uh, the, the new people in charge are very intense of, about going about their job. And, and so I think that is only going to make the players intense when they show up to start camp. I mean, heck, they got docked the day of minicamp for too much contact uh, in the offseason program when they were uh, maybe rounding some of the corners uh, with some of those rules. So we know that they've been getting after it a little bit, uh, but uh, just a, a lot of work to do. And, and as I said earlier, I mean, this is a process. And, and I think as a former player, you, you probably understand that, that, that what we see – uh, kickoff weekend in September is going to look different uh, after Halloween, and it should look uh, different even more uh, as the holidays approach. Uh, it, they will get better. They'll have a better understanding of the system, of what they're being asked to do. And, uh, you know, with, with some uh, good coaching and, and, like I said, some good fortune in terms of injuries, maybe uh, they can battle. I think the schedule as a whole is, is a little bit easier than it was a year ago. And, and, and it's very difficult to forecast those things uh, before we see how other rosters shake out and, and injuries impact other teams. And, you know, it, it's oftentimes it's not who you play or, or is, I should say, maybe as much it's, it's when you play a team in terms of anything else, you know, when are you catching um, a good opponent on your schedule on a short week when, when they've got, uh, three key starters on defense down, you know, yeah. you're catching them at the right time then. So uh, it, it, uh, it has raised the energy level in the building. And I think fans sense that a little bit, but again, it, it's a process. You know, everybody, and I'm sure the buzz back there is still about offense, even though the building of the defense. So, you know, and the social media and everything, I, I guess my big question is, is Justin Fields the guy? Well, I mean, that's that's the million dollar question. And I think it's it's going to be for a while. And and he's going to need to prove it for uh, a staff that the only thing they've got invested in in Justin Fields right now is time. Right. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't uh, they didn't draft him. And, and so what Bears fans are holding out hope for here, guys, is that the former GM Ryan Pace and the former coach Matt Nagy were right about getting Justin Fields and they were basically wrong about everything else with the offense. Uh, that's, that's sort of the needle that bears fans are hoping the organization can thread. Um, they've talked about trying to play to his strengths and uh, that type of thing. Luke Getze comes from the green Bay Packers. And I think he's probably smart enough to know that he can't do everything with Justin Fields that the Packers do on a week-in and week-out basis with Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, to compare Fields or any other year-two quarterback to Aaron Rodgers uh, would be a massive uh, mistake. But you find what he does well. I think you take advantage of his unique athletic traits, and you hope that some of these uh, wide receivers that people don't know a ton about can, can take – a step forward and, and help him out. Darnell Mooney went for a thousand yards last season. Uh, he's an, a, a player Bears fans know well. Maybe fans around the league aren't um, is up to speed on him. 
but they're hoping he can be even better. They bring in Byron Pringle uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs, who he's in an interesting spot in his career because he was productive uh, with the opportunities he had in Kansas City. He's going to have a lot more opportunities with the Bears. So uh, can he elevate his game with more opportunities? The thing is, when he was in Kansas City, you know, when Pringle's on the field, the opposing defense is saying, okay, well, we're really worried about Kelsey here and Tyreek Hills over there. Uh, and so we're concerned about them. And so Pringle's not getting uh, the top coverage uh, on every snap. Uh, and then a guy that's interesting to me, because the when you just look at the size, the measurables, the speed, all those types of things, Equinemius St. Brown, who the coordinator gets, he should know well from Green Bay. He's in the mix now. Now, he could never uh, consistently put himself in position to make plays on a regular basis for the Packers. Um, part of that is a super demanding veteran quarterback. Part of that was St. Brown uh, wasn't healthy uh, all the time. But, boy, you look at him, he's tall. He's got a huge catch radius. He can fly down the field. Uh, like I said, he's one of those unknown guys on a one-year contract where if it works out, you're saying, hey, they've got something here. If not, you move on and, and you haven't really lost anything. But he's interesting. And then Bellis Jones, the third-round pick from uh, Tennessee, is just, you know, with shorts on and the spring guys, he looks ultra-dynamic with the combination of speed, uh, ability to move laterally, to cut, uh, those types of things. He should be uh, a dangerous return man from the get-go. And then it's just kind of feeding him stuff on offense. You don't want to put too much on his plate. I'm sure Eric's seen this. I've certainly seen this. You get some wide receivers, and it's changed a little bit. I think it's become a little bit easier for them to get into the league. But 10, 20 years ago, maybe when Eric played, that transition that those college-wide receivers had to make to the NFL was really a challenging one. And I think when, when coaches and teams ask rookies at that position to do too much right away, they just overloaded them with information, and, it, and they were kind of paralyzed. You, you never saw them play fast. You're like, wait a minute, this guy was 4-4, four, 4-3. Four, four, it doesn't look like he's playing fast. And I think it's because they were thinking too much. It's gotten a little bit easier for guys at those positions. But I think with Vallis in particular, um, give him a little bit. Let him master that. Let him show, okay, he can do this and he can do it well. Then give a little bit more and just keep, keep feeding him more uh, as he sort of digests what you're putting uh, on his plate. But he will be an interesting uh, skill position player for Justin Fields to keep an eye on. Yeah, I, I think this is Brad. This is a. I started coaching high school football. It's the third time I've done it now. It's only been three seasons in total, but I started coaching quarterbacks this year at a school, and I was talking to the offensive coordinator when I first met him, and I said, you know, what you really want is a fundamental. You want fund. You want to build some fundamentals within all the players within a fundamental system, and. If you go about things in a slowed down process as much as possible and build from there, it's amazing what you can put together in a short amount of time. I know this is the NFL and I know, but it, it's, they're no different. Learning, the learning curve is no different for them than it is anyone else. And 
when you're talking about receivers, you know, it's not about speed as much as it is about footwork and, and body posture and, and taking your time with getting off releases. You could be 4-2, but not know how to take your time at the line of scrimmage. And uh, you can't get off a jam. And I see with high school players, if you can slow it all down, then all of a sudden in a week, all of a sudden things look better. And um, same with quarterbacks. And uh, just learning how to read coverages and and getting your body posture correctly in line with your feet, having your feet and eyes move through the progression, it sounds simple enough, but it's something you do have to practice a bunch. And uh, to me, I saw Justin Fields last year in the preseason games do things I didn't think he would necessarily do that early. So I think to me, you know, if you get the pieces around him, meaning the offensive line, um, and you get that fundamental system, which I don't know what they're, what offense they're running, but I imagine since Getsy's come from the Packers, it's a pretty much West Coast offense based system. And there's no better, like pretty much everyone is now. And there's no better system to me than that one. And, um, uh, and I think over time that will play itself out. And as you said, you know, you have a con- you have contracts, you have drafts to deal with, but I think the fundamentals of the game still are the fundamentals of the game. And uh, the the more people that you have offensive line, just speaking offensively, um, you know, if they can execute their fundamentals and the system itself is fundamentally sound, you got a pretty good combination there. Yeah, and and they've just they've got questions on the offensive line, and and hopefully they will find positive answers um, during training camp and, and preseason. But you look at left tackle uh, as a question mark right now. Right guard is a bit of a question, and then I think the left tackle decision uh, will influence the decision they ultimately make at right tackle. So you're talking about sixty percent of the offensive line. You're not sure exactly who's going to be where yet. Uh, so, so boy, what, you get to whatever it is now, day three, day four camp, when they put those uh, pads on, it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on that group. Who's with what unit on this day and, and how often they rotate them. Um, and, you know, they won't make a decision by August 1, and they might not have one by August 21. Uh, but they ought to be – they ought to be if they're not close to answers by August 21, uh, then, you, then you might be in for a long season. <laughs> You know, we have tremendous fun with St. Brown last year uh, when he was playing. <laughs> I mean, it was like every week he was just going off. Once he hit hit a stride, it was like, and we just had great fun with the guy's name, first of all. I was like, how did you pronounce it? Figured out name? how to spell the first, I've got I the first name down now. Like, I, I, you know, the first 20 times I wrote it, I'd have to Google to make sure I spelled it. Now I feel confident, like I can type it out and not have to look it up. So, I, <laughs> or you just, and if you're on the radio, you just call them St. Brown or ESB. There you go. There you go. Oh, like, yeah. Like, like Odell Beckham. Oh, 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 oh. OBJ, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they finished six wins last year, third in a division, three of the four teams were under 500. You know, Green Bay was the only team over 500. You look at starting out this season, where do you see them? Are they going to improve on six wins? Are they going to get to eight? Or um, are you, you think they're still right around six? I mean, if I, if I had to put a number on it right now, I'd, I'd say six sounds about right to me. Can they be 
better than that? Sure. You know, if, if Getze and Justin Fields kind of have a, a synergy that, that they can grow off of, if, if some of these receivers end up being better than, you, you know, you, you take a look at some of these rankings, uh, you know, NFL wide receiver groups, the Bears are going to be in the bottom four probably, no matter who's putting together a list. If, if these guys can prove to be better than that, um, if, if the defense can, you know, step up, could they get to eight, nine? Sure. You know, again, I look at, I look at the teams they're playing and I look at the opponent quarterbacks they have to face because so much of this is a quarterback driven league. Right. And they had to go through a gauntlet of elite quarterbacks a year ago. And there are some on the schedule this season, obviously they got to play the guy in green Bay, Aaron Rodgers twice a year. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Uh, Josh Allen is on the list uh, this year. He's supremely talented. Uh, that is a high-octane offense that Buffalo has. But there aren't as many Pro Bowl-caliber quarterbacks that they have to face this year. So if they, can, if they can make some gains offensively, if they can answer the questions that they have on the offensive line, sure, they could be better than six. Uh, are they, they going to challenge into uh, late January? I think that would be a stunner uh, to most people who follow this team uh, closely. But, um, you know, right now I would say six is about right, but I, it, it, I sure as heck wouldn't put a ceiling uh, at six or seven because there's just so much uh, unknown with a completely new staff and, and very much a uh, younger roster than they had in place a year ago. Eric, you have any final thoughts? Yeah, well, I was going to say, I was going to ask Brad, just since you've been around this, you know, they've had a mini camp now and they've started their offseason program. Is there any sense amongst uh, the players uh, that things are, at least at this point of time, um, moving in the right direction as opposed to what they've been in the recent past? Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. Because I, I think, number one, players uh, realized before the end of last year, that major change was going to be coming. Okay. So they're looking forward to that because uh, they want to be better. They want to be uh, part of something that, that is stronger and more successful. So the new, new people come in, you, you need to hear the message, right? What are they pitching? What are they selling? What are they asking me to do? What is my role going to be? And, and again, that intensity that the coaching staff, the front office has had through the building, I think that's already trickled down to the locker room, to the roster. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think there's buy-in. You know, you, you see, you see what, are they, what does a new regime do? They go out and they get a bunch of new players, and they earmark uh, a handful of those moves to be players that they have a history with. So you talk about players that Poles was, uh, was with or around in Kansas City. You talk about players that Ibraflus – uh, has been with uh, in Indianapolis or Dallas where he was at before and because they understand the system. They understand what's going to be asked of them. They can emerge as potential leaders. You know, you got to see how that dynamic plays out in the locker room just because a guy uh, has a history with a coach doesn't mean he's going to be a leader in his new place, but he's certainly going to be able to show people, um, you know, hey, this is the expectation that the coaches are, are going to have. So, yeah, I think there's buy-in from the players. Uh, they've talked about improving the chemistry 
that's kind of this corporate jargon that I don't get into a whole lot. You, you know who has good chemistry in the National Football League? Winning teams. Team. Good re- yeah, right. winning teams. <laughs> yeah. If, 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 if you're 6 and 11, guess what? Your chemistry, you've got six win chemistry. Okay. Right. Uh, right. If you go eight and nine, nine and eight, your chemistry is middle of the road. It could, could be worse, kind of needs to be better. Uh, so they've talked about better chemistry. I don't buy that, you know, because you're, you're ultimately your chemistry is what your record, you know, it's the Bill Parcell saying you, you are what your record yeah. says you are, right? you know? So keep in mind, it's a process. Uh, this roster is going to continue to be overhauled. This is a team that could be very busy uh, in early September when roster cuts are made around the league, they could, mm-hmm. they could pluck, five, six guys uh, from other teams that have been let go and, and bring them in. Um, and, it, and it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop. They're going to be uh, basically whole with their draft capital uh, next year. They're going to have a ton of financial flexibility in 2023. When you talk about uh, the salary cap um, ownership is, is going to allow them to spend as they need to spend. So yeah, there's reason for optimism for Bears fans. Uh, don't expect uh, this team to be chasing a Super Bowl a trophy this coming season, but uh, maybe see what the quarterback can do. And so, and some of these younger players, you know, 27 and younger on the roster, can they uh, make themselves known as as a guy that can be counted on moving forward? I want to thank our guest, Brad Biggs of the Chicago Tribune. That'll do it for another edition of Kramer and Brill. Don't forget to join us next time wherever you get your shows. And on my Bob Brill YouTube channel, for my friend and colleague, Eric Kramer, we'll see you next time.